Well, take your seat. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, what did you eat for lunch? I want to know whether it was a sleeping pill so that I'll be pinching you small, small. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we want to continue on our, on our journey. I believe that the Lord is stirring things up in us and reminding us of things. I don't know what your prayer is, but my prayer is that I'll be stirred up to do something more. Amen. And especially to win more souls. Ask your neighbor, so if we count from January to now, like how many souls? I mean, your, 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 your soul's bank in heaven, how, how is it looking? And, and please tell the neighbor on the other side, you can't reach heaven and say Corona. <laughs> you can't get there and I'll say that, oh, but you see, you know that, you know, 2020, it wasn't a year. I mean, it was, no, 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 it won't work. Maybe the excuse is working on earth, but it will not work in heaven. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to be sharing with you today, this afternoon's session before Bishop Patrick comes. Amen. <laughs> I'm also waiting for that one. Hallelujah. That I am sharing with you today on something I call obligations. 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 What is an obligation? An obligation is something you must do. Something you are bound to do. You see, you can say something you owe another person. Maybe you owe uh, some favor or a service or something. You owe some gratitude. You are grateful. You owe. Hallelujah obligations what do we owe God what do we owe Jesus Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 and 39 you see before I start reading the scripture I want to say something that one of the things that comes to my mind when I start to talk about obligations is commitment when you are not committed to something or to somebody you don't owe the person yeah, when there's no commitment. So as we are sitting here, um, give me an example of somebody. Let's say I show you a passing school teacher, but it's not your, your, your school teacher. Do you owe him? So is there any obligation? No. But if I show you your school teacher, aha, so maybe you're an adult now, but the person taught you some years ago. Hey, for some years ago, the person was your teacher. Then we now can talk about you owe the person something. I hope you are getting the point. Okay. So with that in mind, let's read the scripture. You know, the Bible is trying to get to us what Jesus has done for us. And it says, for I am persuaded. I wonder what you are persuaded about. You know, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I read it again? And begin to think whether you are so persuaded. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think it is a remarkable scripture because there are many things that come to separate us. You may love your spouse. May death not come now, but when death comes, you'll be separated. Are you there? But here, the writer is saying something. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I'm sure you're saying that, oh yes, I know. But if you know that, how come you were doubting that he forgave you your sins? Or sometimes you do something, you feel that your sin is so great that... 
I mean, God cannot love you. But here you see that. So this love that he has given to us, that is what is bringing the obligation. That's what's bringing the obligation. Amen. Because when you are committed to something, obligations come. Obligations come. So that school teacher you met, who was not your school teacher, you don't have to give a lift. You may feel like, oh, I'm feeling kind, then you give it. But you don't have to. But your school teacher, who took you when you couldn't read and taught you to read, and you've met the person on the road, the person standing there tired and sweating and old, and you are driving, you are obligated to stop. You must stop. You must stop. So the point I'm making here is that this love of God, his commitment to us, I thought we said we're committed to him. His commitment to us draws out of us a commitment to him. Amen? The best example I can think about is the commitment within marriage. You're committed to the person. You can't walk away. You, know, you can't walk away. When it's good, you are there. When it's not good, you are there. However it is, you are there. Yeah. Some people think it's only on the happy days. Happy days, oh. Sad days, oh. Tough days, oh. That's why many couples got COVID together. Uh-huh. As you have it, I have to look after you, so we are inside. Yeah. Amen. So that commitment brought something. Now, Jesus is committed to us. And we say we are committed to him. Unless you are not committed. That one is possible. Because in the church, we have fair weather commitment. How many of you know the number of commitments? There are different types. Fair weather, it means only because it's convenient. There's a lot of fair weather commitment in the church these days. Only when it is convenient. If your house is moved from here to gate, you say it's far. <laughs> fair weather commitment. <laughs> Then what? Situational commitment. It's the situation that has brought us together. Some of you are just sitting by somebody. It's just the situation that has brought us together. <laughs> I don't normally have Reverend Albert <laughs> and Reverend Justice here. It's the situation. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm laughing, but I'm serious. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying that the situation can bring you together. The best example is when you are in school. Your school friend, that commitment, as soon as you leave the school, that's it. Recently, they were telling me about somebody, and they said the person was my classmate, and they mentioned the name. I said, eh, that was my classmate, eh, eh, even the name I couldn't remember. Hey, Messi, Messi. It's been a long time, 40 years or something. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then you also have non-situational. So you are friends. It doesn't depend on the situation. You are friends. But the best one is the marital one. You see? The marital one. And when you are tied to somebody in marriage, that's the highest level of commitment. And that's the type we should have for Jesus Christ. Several times, Bishop Dag is always quoting one of the most... What should I say? You know how sometimes something is said and it is like, this is the best example of this thing. And the example he gives is Princess Diana and Princess Charles. And, and Prince Charles. Round. They had even divorced. They had split. And she died with somebody else who she was having an affair with. When she died, her former husband, I'm going for the body. Yeah. Oh, you don't get it. He couldn't turn his back and say, she's not for me. I don't know her. The fact that he had been married to her, even though she had divorced, it's like, this is the mother of my children. I am going to bring her body back. That's a sign of a certain kind of commitment. Marital commitment. That's what was working at that time. Hallelujah. So in the same way, here is the Lord loving us with everything. And we also are committed to him and that commitment brings an obligation. I hope you are getting me now. It makes us have to do some things. The fact that the Lord loves us makes us have to do some things. I once remember a certain pastor giving an example, and her example made us laugh, but it was very interesting. And she said that, she gave an example, she says if she had come from somewhere in the US and she was traveling on the highway, and she said if her car breaks down on the highway, 
And she's with, I mean, there's a friend of hers in the city. It's one o'clock in the morning. She can call the friend and say, please, I'm stuck on the road. Please, I need you to help me. And if the friend likes, the person will come. Or the person will call, I mean, some help for you. Then she said, but if I'm married to the guy, and I have had four ugly children with him. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. I don't know why she said four ugly children. <laughs> and I'm stuck on this highway at one o'clock, and I call. He has to come. He has to come. There's nothing like I was as no, 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 no. This commitment that we have together, she says, with the four ugly children born by CS, uh, she has been cut here, cut here, and she's calling you in the night. You have to come. Amen. So also, it is with God. And marriage is a very good example. You see. Now, if you go into a marriage, and your mind is that, I want to see what I will get out of this marriage. A problem has come. A problem has come. As you are there, you got married because of what you thought you would get out of the marriage. So for the lady, you married because you were looking for security. You were looking, so the day the man loses his job, there's a problem. You see? The man, you have married for sex and free food. Then the day it is not coming, a problem has come. Hey! Are you there? A problem has come or it hasn't come. Because that's why you married. But if you realize that it's a commitment, your mind will be different. You see what I'm saying? Even though we are not preaching about marriage, it's a very important thing. Yeah. There are many marriages where one party is a giver of little. You don't give much. And the reason you don't give to the marriage much is because of what you are expecting to receive. So you go in there expecting that I will receive this. And your partner, therefore, becomes a receiver of little. You are a giver of little. Your partner is a receiver of little. But maybe what you didn't know is also a receiver of little. Because the way you didn't make him happy, he also will make you happy. You gave little. He received little. So he wasn't happy. And so you also received little. And so here you are, supposedly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. But you are a giver of little. He's receiving little. And therefore, you too, you are receiving. Really committed. I mean, it's not something. Yeah. And it makes you a lousy spouse when you are just in it for what you will get. Hmm. She didn't have a job, so she's going. I mean, I don't understand. You are going where? Ah. Yeah. We, I said we have an obligation to love him. Love him with your soul. We have to get back to the place where we can get lost in worship again. When was the last time you worshipped him until the tears flowed? In fact, I should ask you, when was the last time you cried? It was when you had gone as a, a, a professional uh, crier at the funeral. That's the last time you cried. But God, he has not seen your tears. Recently in my church, there was a very interesting episode. A certain guy <laughs> of marriageable age. We had been waiting for this gentleman to get, you know, get married. And there was a young lady also in the church that this gentleman liked. And one day, the gentleman decided to propose. And <laughs> he chose an occasion. The friend, a common friend of theirs, was getting married. Well, he had told me about it, that this was what he was going to do. So I was waiting to hear, and suddenly, a video hit my phone. And when I opened it, I said, this is my macho man. I wonder how he will propose to the girl. As I was watching the video, the gentleman went down on one knee and proposed to the lady. I was so surprised and then this my pastor here he was the one who put it into words 
I put the video on our pastor's page. And this pastor said, Oh, these I have not seen you go down on your knees in worship for the Lord. But today, because of a lady, Pastor George, we are still looking. I have still not seen him since that time to worship the Lord. Ask your neighbor, when was the last time you bowed your knee? And to who? Some of us, we have used the mind on other things. Philosophies and doctrines. Please, now bring it to God and the things of God. And this was exactly the situation in Acts chapter 19. There were some people who, <laughs> they were sons of a chief priest called Skiva. They had grown up in church. Ever since they were young, they were reading scripture, like some of you. <laughs> Until one day, <laughs> to the house of somebody who was demon possessed, certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon themselves. I'm not enjoying this one. Let me go to verse 14. You see, okay. They took, no, no, go back to 13. That's right. Took upon them, upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of Jesus. You by Jesus whom Paul preaches. But they did that until they got to a place. These seven sons of Sceva, all of them, they were sons of one man. And that one, and they got to this place and began to rebuke the evil spirit in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the evil spirit said, hey, listen, <laughs> Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. But you, the seven of them. And in fact, it's been a while since you experienced him. Don't worry, I'm still talking about it. It's just we are still on the first obligation to love God. If you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, and meditation of my heart is how I'm thinking, let it be acceptable in your sight. You think of the person. What are you thinking about God? Or maybe I should say, are you thinking about God? Because if you were thinking, they're talking about four things you do if you love the person. You will want to be with the person. But if you want to be with the person, do you want to be with the Lord? How come we're still having to call you to come to church? How come someone has to wake you up to pray? The reason is because maybe it's the love. Oh. Maybe it's the love. You see. Hey, the house is very quiet. Some husbands don't want to spend time with their wives anymore. Some wives don't want to spend time with their husbands anymore. It's a sign. It's not a good sign. Yeah. It's not a good sign. Are you there? <laughs> Have someone you love. You love to talk to the person. You see, before you married, you were always talking. You know? Now that you are married, you don't have any conversation. What are you doing? When you first came to the Lord and your first love for God was hot, you always had some. It doesn't even more agitated and uneasy. I've not spoken to him today. I've not, I've not heard from him today. I've not read from him today. But for God to hear from you once, only when but we have come into the marriage with the Lord with our mind on what we can receive from him. Givers of little, therefore receiving little. This. And the whatever. But Lord, I'm taking this. You are like a marriage that is friend for yourself, marriage. As we have entered inside the marriage, look after yourself. We are here. Ha! Tell your neighbor, I'm surprised at you. Tell your neighbor, I'm very surprised. I'm surprised at you. Yeah. If the love was hot, nobody can stand outside and talk to you about time. Me, mom, you can't talk. Oh. I won't lie to you. It may not be much. It may be much. It may not be much. But it has nothing to do with you. This is my love affair with God. This is what I'm giving. If I knew what he would eat, I would cook it. If I knew what he would wear, I would have sewn it. But since I don't know, he says that title often, let me just give that one. That's my gift. That's what I can bring. 
are they arguing? Uh, should I give my tithe of my gross or my uh, take home? Hey, the question is not a question. It cannot be a question. Some friends of mine, I like to use them as the example every time I talk about loving God. They are on their way. I'm happy they have not arrived so let, yet. So let me say it quickly. <laughs> you see, he was in school in KNDST and she was in school in UCC in those days. And I think you know who I'm talking about, you see. Hey. There were two of them, but I'm bossing about one. The other one is looking at me, so I won't say. <laughs> then I would take the bus from Kumasi to Cape Coast. It's about five hours journey. And he would sit on the bus, go all the way to UCC, get down. You know, you get down before, and then enter the school, knock on her door. I just came to say, I love you. I just, I just came to say how much I care. I just came to say I need you. And I love you from the bottom. Hey, look, the bus is going back. Eh? I'll see you later, alligator in the wild crocodile. And he will rush to the station and he will jump on the bus and come back. <laughs> five hours in, five hours out for one hour of conversation. Is what is called first love. But now that your love is second love, third love, fourth love, you are saying, if I go to the station and I take the STC, yeah, I'm going to pay. No. Look, Corona has come. I cannot go. If I go, cry. Maybe she would have gone to lectures. No, no, no. I cannot go. Mm. She cry. If I go, maybe she'll be with her friends, so she'll not be so happy. I can't go because your love is now second, third, fourth. But when you were in love with Jesus, fresh and it was sweet, you knew how to get on a bus, run to the meeting, run to the camp, run to the conference, get there. I don't have money. It doesn't matter. I won't die and be there and come back. But today, uh, you see, okay, I'll go to the meeting. I'll go Tuesday first session. Wednesday, Friday, last session. So I, mean, I don't buy any of your excuses. I don't buy any. Hey. Oh, you see, is the poverty you? Hey, somebody still argue with me? I'm standing here. Wait, wait. Uh, who here lives according to their salary? The things we plan to do, we do them. Including going for your sister's grandmother's grandfather's funeral. You go. <laughs> hey! Yeah. And so I'm saying to you that our love of God today, we need the smartphone. One of them, how they woke up this morning. Well, a lot of things that don't make sense. Yeah, do you get me? A lot of things that are good things. Yeah. Think about the things you do for your children. It was sharp because oh we have finally moved. I said wonderful. So when I'm coming the next time, I can bring you foodstuffs. Have they told me they need foodstuffs? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. Yeah. What is moving? You love the child, you love the person. As you are loving God, some logoliki should do you. Lord, can I win one more soul? Can I talk to one more person about you? Can I wait a little? Let me just talk to one more, just one more, one more. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The obligation to love God. If we love him, so many things will do them easily. May it never be difficult again to share about him with somebody. Never. Hallelujah. When you love a person, you're always talking about the person. Your friends are even bored with you. He said, oh, and Kobe said, and Tim said, the last time he was talking to me, and he said, and he went here, and he said, your friends are even tired, and you are still telling them, hey, that's what Tim's called. <laughs> Hallelujah. Obligations. My time is almost up. Obligations. <laughs>
the obligation to sacrifice. When Jesus loved us, he loved us enough to give everything. That is love. Hallelujah. And it brings with it, you see, an obligation to sacrifice. And sacrifice is part of our worship. Oh, modern day Christians. Romans 12 verse 1. One of the nicest verses. Paul was speaking to the Romans. I beseech ye therefore, I'm begging you to present your body as a living sacrifice. Can you see it? Not that you are dead. This is not a religion that we go and pierce, pierce ourselves with. No. You are alive, but you are sacrificing. That is why when somebody was going to bribe you with the money, you didn't collect it. That is why, young man, you want to sleep with a lady, but for the love of God, I am a living sacrifice. You see. I don't know whether it's because I'm in a young person's church or what it is, so, but me, I'm very distressed at the level of fornication in the church. It disturbs me. And it disturbs me that it doesn't disturb you. Hey. No, you have gone to live together. And then you make us, you force us to marry you together because you have, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I know why he's saying stay there. And, and I just wonder what is moving in you. Paul said to us, look, be a living sacrifice. That's why it's a sacrifice. It's painful. It's painful. It's costly. It's expensive. Hmm. Hmm. Pastor, you are saying that was your church. They don't do that. You don't know. Yeah. You see, the reason why the power in the church is low is because the sacrifice is low. Yeah. You will have power according to the dimensions of your sacrifice. Those who sacrifice much are also anointed much. Those who sacrifice little are also anointed little. The reason why Jesus had the fullness of the Holy Spirit was because of the measure of the sacrifice. You can leave heaven in all its perfection and come and walk among this evil generation of people. It was immense something. But we don't want to suffer anything. We have put our flesh rather on a pedestal and we are worshipping it. I want to sleep. No, you are in the church, you are sleeping. No, you see, allow me to say it all because I don't know where the church is going. We have become a church of people. Nobody can correct you. We have pastors today. Some of you are here. You can't correct your sheep. Hey, if I correct them, they will leave. You are a disgrace of a pastor. Correct the person. Ha! Huh. Ah. No, no, I'm saying something. You have spoiled the church. You have spoiled the church. That's not how our father brought us up. We were corrected and we are still being corrected. But you don't want to correct your sheep. Say, oh, they'll be offended. What child has not been offended before? It's a question I'm asking you. I said, what child has not been offended before? It is normal for a child to be offended. When you finish, I tell them, pull your mouth, but stay inside the house. When your sense comes back, you are still here. People say, I'll stop church. Why have you stopped? Some Asha was rude to you. But the guy who has been beating you for 10 years, you have been able to stay in his house. 10 years he has been beating you. That one was not a problem. That one was okay. Just an usher telling you, move from here to here. You're offended. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Where will you take that useless behavior? Will you take it to your office that you respect? Will you take that behavior to your family house? Then don't bring it here. Hey. The obligation to sacrifice. Hallelujah. 
I mean, as a church, we have just come through. We have a time when we honor our prophet and all that. And then I found out that a couple of pastors have not paid. I said, what? Where? It's not happening here. It is not happening here. No. I'm talking to you. I know that is you, the matter. I'm speaking to you. It's something that we do. We honor our prophet. If you are a pastor, you will do. As I was speaking, I knew they didn't have jobs. But I said to them that there are also church members who didn't have jobs. I personally know a little boy. He put one CD in the envelope and said, this is my honor, your prophet. And it was honorable. It's what he had. You can't tell me that you're not paying. You will pay it. I are looking at me. You, you, you took it. You accepted. Oh, they don't have money, you see. And you see, let me tell you something. If we are going to look at circumstances, my church has been really hit by the circumstances. Because of where we are, a very strong population of the working people depend on the students for their income. Hairdressers, dressmakers, food vendors, shops. That's the barber. <laughs> Barbers, they are all dependent. So all of them have been affected by it. <laughs> the gobesella, I don't even know if, she, know if she comes again. Oh, gobesellas, watchesellas. I mean, if you talk about affected, they are affected. 70% of the, of the church, they are students. Students, when they go home, they eat so much that their parents don't give them their monthly allowance. You see, <laughs> when they are in school, a monthly allowance is sent. Then they pay tithe. But they are at home. They have eaten so much that they can only get 20 CDs to buy data. 10 CDs. So they'll take a one CD, 50 pesos. That's their tithe. But I will collect the tithe. I will collect it. I say, it has what you have. Thank the Lord. No problem. You are there making excuses and you are leading your children to hell. It's an obligation and we will fulfill it. So tomorrow, when you come and these same people have risen up, don't dare say it's because they went to school. It's not because they went to school. It's because I will make them, I will do my sacrifice and I will make them sacrifice. You are pampering your children and telling us that, hey, they will be offended. Then they are not your children. I said, then they are what? There's something I learned from my husband, Gloria Kam. When he's correcting his daughters, Reverend Albert, tell me if he's right or not. <laughs> what is that? Humayma, have you not been receiving this lady, Ebehumi? In other words, with one, oh, I love you, mom. But what you did, it was not correct. In other words, love your people, but discipline them. Correct them. Obligation to sacrifice. If you don't sacrifice your sleep, you will not pray. Stop hoping that tomorrow will be a better day for your quiet time. It will not be a better day. The only way to get that quiet time is to sacrifice some sleep. You are very quiet, but I don't mind. <laughs> is it true or not true? If you are a worker and you have to leave your house at a certain hour, where are you going to do the quiet time? Oh, you know, Pastor... I will do it in the car on my way to work. Not lie! Not lie! Not lie! You are going to try, but you and I know it's not the same. It's not true. It's not true. You will be driving to work, and as you are going, a goat will cross you. Say, oh! When the anger of that one is over, you continue a little further. It's not a trusty that will cross you. Please don't tell me that I do it on my way to work. Don't do that. It'd be lie. Hey, am I talking to some people here? Yeah. Sacrifice. The only way you can do it is by sacrifice. It's an obligation. If you won't sacrifice time, don't we have to sacrifice time? How else are you going to do the evangelism? Yeah, 
You sacrifice sleep. Bishop Freddie was talking to us powerfully about prayer. I don't know how you're going to do it if you don't sacrifice some sleep. I am still looking for those people who sleep. Okay, they are in my church. I don't know about yours. 12 hours, they are still sleeping. I'm looking for some of them. Prophet starts the prayer at 3.30. Okay. You went to bed late. I'm sorry. You were watching something, but never mind. 4 o'clock. Okay, it's still early. 4.30. By 5 o'clock, my tents are coming. I mean, how? 5.30. 6 a.m., you are still in bed. What is wrong with you? 6.30. 7 o'clock, you are a disgrace. Come on. Aha. You are still in bed. I'm speaking to especially the young ones. You sleep a lot. The old people, they have had to wake up. Their life is hard. They have to get up. But I'm talking to you because the Bible says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest. So shall thy poverty. You never knew it. Satan has a bag of poverty with your name on it. He's just waiting for you to sleep enough and he'll bring it. And he says, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. How does one who travels come? You arrive at any time or want as an armed man. How does an armed man come? By force he's entering your house. Poverty enters your house by force when you sleep all the time. When you don't sacrifice some sleep. Eh, but I'm tired. You are supposed to be tired. Ah, If you are not tired, it should worry you. Hey, the world is ruled by tired people. So if you are not tired, please ask your neighbor, are you tired? No, 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 I'm very serious. Oh. Look, my whole media team, they are struggling to stay awake. Oh. They have been awake the whole night. Uh, yeah. they have been, uh, is it true or is it not true? <sighs> they are tired. So I should say, oh, it's okay. Go to bed. They know better than that. I was sending their leader a text. And I said, Daddy is preaching on flow, so we are flowing from house, but by 6 a.m. we'll be here. He said, we have started. I put it on at 4 a.m. Yeah. You will be tired. It's part. It's part. A little sacrifice. I want to speak to my ladies with children. I should go or I shouldn't go? If... <laughs> If you follow your children, you will never pray. You'll never pray. So what should you do? Just pray. Just pray. I learned how to do long distance prayer with my, and they were boys too, three of them. I was at that time a lay pastor. And so when you are lay many times, your quiet time is short. If you plan to do it regularly, just be honest. So I realized that I can't do the long prayer during the week. I had a very demanding job too. So I just do my short one. But on Saturday, I'm going to have my long prayer. In those days, you had these video cassettes that you slot in. Daddy was doing, Bishop was doing Miracle Wave, so I slot it in. And these boys, climbing over my head, jumping on the bed. You can do what you like. Mabo, shakababamanda, rikendonobobosinenebra, ima. Hell yeah. Because they are with me in the room, so I know they are not somewhere killing themselves. They are here. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> I don't know about female children, but male children, yeah, if you leave them, it can easily be a problem. Yeah. So as I'm praying, they can do what they like. But do you know what happened? What happened surprised me. As I would slot in the Miracle Wave video cassette, one cassette had three hours on it. If there's music, there's prayer, and lots of songs, and then daddy comes to preach, and then there are miracles. One by one, those boys began to lay, learn those songs, began to sing those songs, began to listen to the messages, began to watch the healings. I never knew what was going on until one day they got up and they said, mommy, these ones, we have watched them, and they are old. We know this song. You see, this one, it ends at this point. We need some new miracle ways to come. And... Ah! Wow. So please, don't use the children as an excuse. 
Let them be them manifesting. Children, they manifest. It is their right. Pray your prayer. Pray your prayer. And you will be surprised that they will begin to become spiritual because they hear you praying and they see you praying. Yeah. I still remember our first son. He used to walk with his father. That's how he received the Holy Spirit. He used to walk. His father would be pacing and praying. So every day when his father is praying, he's also walking some. And every time, so one day, his father stopped and asked him, Ah, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, I do. I do. Because he used to imitate what his father was saying. His father laid hands on him. Today he's 31 years old. He's still speaking the tongues. Amen. Don't use them as an excuse. I need to finish. My time is almost up. Hallelujah. I'm talking about obligations. Because the Lord has loved us. And because we are committed to him. There are some things we must do. We are committed to loving him. We, must be, we have an obligation to sacrifice. Amen. The next one. An obligation to become a teacher of the word. An obligation to become a teacher of the word. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12 says something. It says, for when for the time you ought to be teaching, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. In other words, there is a time when you ought to be teaching somebody. I didn't say there's a time when you should go and take your pastor's pulpit. I didn't say that at all. I said there's a time when you should be teaching somebody. You will find that as soon as you begin to witness to somebody, you are teaching somebody. Because you must share something. You must say something to the person. And that's why I was talking to you in the first sex, um, um, session. I just said to you, if you don't know what to say, you don't know how to preach, make sure that you acquire this book before you go. If you don't have any other book at all, this one. Yeah. How you can preach salvation. 100 ways of preaching it. Amen. Because a time comes when you have to be a teacher. Now there's a problem in the church. The problem in the church is that many believers have remained as babies. Paul says, instead of becoming a teacher, you are now one who when you should have been teaching we are now teaching you the first principles we are now teaching you how to be born again we are now saying open your scripture he says you have become one who needs milk and not meat you see when you are born again fresh fresh you are a baby it's not a problem and that's why peter says in first peter 2 2 newborn babes desire what the sincere milk of the word that you may do what grow thereby so it's okay to be a baby for a while i should add what for a while but after some time you must grow that's what the milk of the word is and that's why after you have been in church for some time you should now have grown but look at what happened first corinthians 3 1 2 let's start from verse 1 and I, brethren, Paul was talking to his church, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. In other words, by this time you should have grown, but you are still a baby, so I couldn't talk. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. And you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and division. Is that those we are seeing in our churches? Strife, division, quarreling. And the reason is because you were a baby when you gave your life to Christ. The problem is that you are still a baby. And so now you are 10 years old and we are still having to change your napkin. Have you not seen how babies behave? <sighs> uh, what to eat? No, what to eat? Uh, pastor saw me on the road, he didn't greet me. Uh, pastor doesn't like me. Uh, when my grandmother died, they didn't come. Nobody came. My grandmother died. Uh, uh. 
babies. The problem is that you are grown, but you are a baby. Hmm. Hmm. Are you there? Me, they are annoyed. Have you not seen children? Just recently, we were doing some Zoom with family. And our granddaughter decided that in the middle of everything, we were all happy. It was her birthday. Hmm. And we had to pamper her back into smiling and talking with us. But why? She's a baby. But if at the age of 14, she was doing that, is it correct? You are saying no, but you at the age of 14, you are still doing that. We are still having to pamper you. Your pastor cannot go on uh, uh, outreach because he must come and visit you again and he must come and beg you again to come back to church again and he must come and say, we are sorry, we are sorry, we are sorry. Listen, if you are sitting here today, I have said, we are sorry. On behalf of all pastors, we will not say we are sorry again. We are finished. (sighs) It's enough. It's enough. Grow up. Grow up. Every day we have to visit you and be begging. Me, mom, dear, I got somewhere in my church. I summoned my shepherd and I said, a certain group of people, that's it. We will never visit again. That's it. We were spending so much time. They were angry all the time. Discontented all the time. Complaining all the time. And they just will not do what they have to do. It's okay. It's one year, two years, three years, four. It's all right. Let's go look for some new souls. It's enough. Enough is enough. Even God says, I won't strive for you forever. With you forever. It doesn't matter who you put over them. If you put a person... They say, hey, they don't respect us. That's why. That's why they have put these people up. Hey. Hmm. Meanwhile, what you should do, you will not do. One recent one I heard, was it last year or something? Hey. You see, the children that they put over us. Hey, grown up, if you are doing what you should do, a child will not be leading you. Huh. Don't let me go there. If I go there, I'll start to manifest. You are an adult in age, but you are a baby in your behavior. You can't even bring yourself to rehearsals every Saturday. Unless somebody goes to bring you. Why should I pick you to lead anybody? You can't lead yourself. First John 2. First John chapter 2 from verse 12. I'm showing you something. The Bible says that. I write unto you, to you little children. So there are little children in the church. In verse 13, it says, I write unto you fathers. So there are fathers in the church. It says, I write unto you young men. So there are young men in the church. Today, my question to you today is, who are you? Who are you? Where have you reached? Who are you? Because we have an obligation to teach the word. And if you have been in the church in a church because i know there are different churches if you have been in a bible believing church where the word of god is being preached and you have been there for two years and you are not teaching anybody leading anybody you are a baby but you've been there for two years it's time you woke up it's time you got up pastor stop pampering a kick where it hurts it's what is needed we have pumped the church into foolishness. <clears throat> yeah. Pastor, you see, it's not like that. You see, my friend, if you are going to argue, bring your notes and bring mine. I'll bring mine. If we do that, they will leave the church. I said, bring your notes and I'll bring mine. Let's compare who has sheep. <laughs> No, just bring your notes. This one day is not a fight to Yeah. The last one. <clears throat> We're talking about obligations. Obligation number four. We have an obligation to be a witness of Jesus. An obligation to be a witness of Jesus. First John chapter one and verse three puts it so well. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. 
verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What have you seen? What have you heard? What has God done with you? That's what we are testifying about. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter, now let's go to Matthew 28. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. We have an obligation to witness. An obligation to tell people what the Lord has done for us. An obligation to grow up and understand things. I don't know whether it's a particular kind of foolishness that is reserved for churches. But there's a way our minds don't work. Things we will not do in our office. We come and do them in the church. Will you go and sit before your boss in your office and put down your head and sleep? So why bring it to the house of God? Then when you are woken up by the usher, you are annoyed. Ha! Huh. We should have added a knock as well. Only fine protocol does not allow it. It is wrong. It is wrong. Hey, are we in the house? We have a what? An obligation to be a witness for the Lord. We can only witness when we get our lives in order. And I'm sharing this with you today because I believe that you came here for a purpose. I believe that God stirred something in you. You may even have come under protest, but I think from this morning to this time, something is stirring in you. Allow God to do what he must do. Somebody needs to hear your testimony. It is the hearing of what you have seen from God. That is what will touch our hearts. Hallelujah. If we are here in this conference, I want us to decide to love God and love him properly. Not half and half. Never complain again about the things of God. Never complain again about what you have to do for God. Some of you, if they don't send car for you, you will not come to church. <clears throat> I shouldn't go there. I've gone there. I've gone there. The busing was not for old members with wisdom teeth. The busing was meant for the young ones we have just won. Then we help you keep coming, coming. After a while, your legs are stronger. Yourself is stronger. You come yourself so that we can go and bring some more people. But we are spending money bringing all tired, withered Christians with tooth, wisdom teeth have come. Who now come and get angry that the bus has left them. Are you in the house? Yeah. I'm sharing something with you. In my church, we try. Say, bring yourself to church. You are chorister. Don't tell me you're waiting for the bus. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me. If I had a whole choir two weeks ago, did you didn't let them to sing. You were not here. Say, you're waiting for the bus. So, as you have now come, we should not allow you to sing. Say, for more, if it was serious to you, you would have been here. You know your way to a doom. You don't know your way to areas. Meanwhile, you live. Very soon, your pastor will have to pay your bill because it won't help. Few will not just let them. You are old enough now. You come so that we can go and bring another tender-hearted one who needs to be shown the way. It's time, church, for us to grow up. Yeah. I said it's time for us to what? Ask your neighbor, which one are you? And if you are sitting by an overgrown baby, pinch the person. Pinch the person. It's time you were grown. It's time you were grown. Stop, stop that thing you are doing there. Stop it. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us to fulfill our obligations. When you love, you are committed. When you are committed, there is an obligation. That's why when you marry, you don't know there's an obligation. You get a shock. I've had young women who have come say, Mommy, I never knew it was so much work. You didn't know it was so much work. Where's this here to come? The children are not coming. Yeah, it is hard labor. Gentlemen, you said what? You say you are broke. You cannot be broke. No, no, you have married a wife, please. The same way you are demanding free food and sex, that's how you must look after us also. We are demanding to look after us. Hey! 
Merci, merci, merci. No, the, what I'm trying to say is that the obligation comes with the commitment. Reverend Solomon is my friend. I cannot walk to him and say, uh, uh, please, Reverend, I need, uh, I need 300 CDs to go. You know, my money has run out. I need 300. He's my friend, but he doesn't want me to an LP Vivian's matter. But I have run short. We are going to the market. Bishop, please. Today's the bill is 300. <laughs> if he says he doesn't have it today, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> if he doesn't have it tomorrow, I'll be back next week. But I will collect it. Why? Because there is a commitment. And that commitment has brought an obligation. <laughs> Jesus loves you. He's committed to you. You you are being committed to him. That commitment is bringing an obligation. Stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. Just pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. Some of you need to purpose in your heart to grow up. And to say, this is the last time I'm going to do these, my baby things. I'm grown. I'm grown. I've stopped this thing. I've grown up. Oh, yes. I'm going to work for the Lord. I'm going to do something good. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Some of you must come out of babyhood and be a grown-up. Your pastor needs you. He's been depending on you, waiting for you, so that more work can go on. Grow up. Grow up. Oh, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Oh, we have a job to do. To witness for him. To witness for him. To bring To do what he asks us to do. Oh yes. Lift up your hands and talk to the Lord. Oh yes. Some of us we need to talk to the Lord about our love. Ask him to just let that love become stronger. Stronger. Ask him to purify your heart again. Purify your heart. To purify it. If our hearts are pure towards him. It will not be wet. It will not be wet. Oh, yes. Let him meet us at our point of need. And just fill us with a fresh love. Fill us with a fresh love. apart for you Lord
are ready to do your will. Lead our hearts into love for you. Help us to love you to the extent that everything we want to do for you is easy to do. Easy to love you. Easy to sacrifice. Easy to do what we need to do. Fill our hearts with that love. The love that makes one do things that don't even make sense. The love that will make us not even attribute so much attention to the cost of things. Help us. Thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just dwell in his presence for a few minutes. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Man, we sing in the air. Rika, we sing the la la la. Rika, tanda la 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 la. Let the fire just begin to burn. Rima, ma ba 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 ba. Mishandola, we sing mashake. Decide you will not be a baby again. It's a decision that you have grown up. Ready to work. Hallelujah. Father, we are grateful. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. And amen.